This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to entangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hey, hey, family. Welcome back to the Heart of Dating podcast. I'm your host, Kate Warman, and I cannot believe it, you guys. We are at the end of 2019. This is crazy to me, but also so exciting. And so before we get into the episode today, the fun, spontaneous, random, who knows what's going to happen episode, I just want to first start by thanking you. Thank you so much, you guys, for listening to this podcast. Thank you for just sharing it with your friends, for sending in your advice, for asking questions, and for being a part of our community. I love it. I'm so grateful for you guys. And I just want to share this awesome win Last year in 2019, we had over half a million downloads and I'm just taken aback truly thinking about that. We have not even been doing this podcast for two years and the average podcast gets between 200 to 300 downloads. So to get over half a million downloads in 2019 just blows my mind and it's all because of you guys, all because of Jesus and it's it just makes me so excited and I can't wait because who knows what's going to happen in 2020. Oh my gosh. Also, I want to thank you too for listening to me, Kate. Um, Sometimes I get really into these podcast episodes and interviews. And because of that, sometimes I'm kind of an overly active listener. You guys probably know this if you've heard me talk before, if you've listened to any of the episodes. I sometimes get so into it that I'm like, mm, 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 yeah, mm. And if you've listened, you totally know what I'm saying. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm, she does that. <laughs> or sometimes not only do I like actively listen with a lot of my responses, but sometimes I also talk super loud or just talk a lot. And that's just me, you guys. And I'm just going to own that. That's who I am. So thank you for accepting me. Thank you for listening. Listening to me as the host of this podcast, it just means a lot. Now, I want to say this also this is going to actually be our last episode of this decade. Okay, I just need to pause because I just said that. That's crazy. This is going to be the last episode of the decade. Oh my gosh. We are going to start fresh in 2020 with so much new content. And we're also going to be adding, hopefully, and like this is the plan to add some more short episodes for you guys in between some of the full length episodes, some bite sizable content that you guys can listen to really quickly while you're getting ready or a short drive. And I'm super pumped about those. So for this episode, let me be really candid. We actually had another episode planned for release this week, but something happened last minute to our interview guest and he had to reschedule. 
And the other interviews we have recorded are set for very specific dates in 2020. So I talked to our amazing network head. His name is Casey at Converge Network. Huge fan and supporter and advocate is really the right word for Heart of Dating. He's just, he's the guy behind a lot of things. And he was like, okay, you really should do an episode this week. I was like, you're right. I I really want to have at least one more before the holidays. So I decided to just very spontaneously record an end of the year episode, which is going to be a fully candid Q&A answering all your burning dating questions. And when I say candid, you guys, I mean really candid. I literally posted on Instagram earlier today asking you guys to send me in your burning dating questions. And y'all sent me a lot of things already. And it's only been like, maybe five or six hours. And let me just be really honest, I actually don't have a lot of notes written down. Uh, So I'm just going to go with it and give you guys the best advice as I possibly can and as quickly as I can. And it's just going to be really raw and candid. And I'm going to try to go through as many as possible without talking forever. (laughs) As you know, I just admitted sometimes I do. So with that being said, if you guys like these solo episodes and you want to hear more of them, I really want to know that because right now I'm literally in my roommate's closet, sitting on the floor, talking to this mic solo, staring at my computer screen. And it can feel a little bit weird doing this, you know, like when you can't bounce any ideas ideas or like have conversation with someone. So it's just me talking to the mic, to the abyss. And so if you guys like this, let me know, please, because I would love to bring you more content like this if it interests you. All right. The last thing before we get into the questions is, you know, to really close out 2019 with a bang, you guys, I would love to ask you, will you write us a review and rank us on iTunes if you haven't already, you know, as you're like preparing to close out the year, if you could just do that, if you haven't, it would mean so much for us to set us up for a good, awesome start of 2020. It really helps us to get rankings and reviews, which is why so many podcasters ask about this. So please, if you haven't done so, I would love and and just invite you to write us a review and rank us on iTunes, hopefully with five stars. Okay, so we're going to get into the questions. I looked at some of them. I have not really written down notes really from any of these, but I'm just going to go with it. And we, I kind of tried to categorize it so there wasn't too much overlap, but we're going to go. We're just going to dive in right now. All right. First question, it's kind of like a putting yourself out there question. Someone asked, and this is a girl, how do I reach out to a guy on social media that does not follow me back? Cool. This is great. The first thing I would say is just follow them. And if on on Facebook, friend with them or on Instagram, follow them or friend them. And if Instagram allows it, message them. And just if you message them and drop the hanky, compliment them on something about their profile. Maybe it's somewhere they visited or maybe it's you saying that you really appreciate their captions and them being vulnerable or sharing their heart. Or maybe it's a point of interest that you both have, like he loves cooking and you love cooking. You know, say something, get curious and compliment him on something about his profile. Another easy way to do this is watch his Insta stories and comment on something in the Insta story. And if he responds back, then maybe start try to start a conversation. I do this, honestly, you guys. And it's not that weird because we are in the social sphere of the times. Like that is where we are almost in 2020 now. And so don't it doesn't have to be strange. And you're just connecting with people that really is what it is. And just, I know, I encourage you to release your expectation of something happening. Okay, so next question. This is from a guy. How do you express interest in someone you have not talked to before? 
love this. So a lot of guys put a lot of pressure on themselves. And dudes, I just want to say, don't put a lot of pressure on yourself. You don't have to have all the moves. You don't have to know all the right lines or the pickup lines. Like we ladies really don't need that. I would just say, get curious with the person. Just show them that you were genuinely interested in them as a human being. You know, ask them questions about themselves. Show them that they are seen, heard, loved, and valued. You guys have probably heard me say that before, but that's really how you have quote-unquote moves when you are initiating with someone. You just show them that they are seen, heard, loved, and valued. Show them that they're important human beings. Show them that you think they're interesting and you want to get to know more about them. So just get curious you know, really pay attention. So if they bring something up, you know, ask more questions about that or bring that up the next time you see them and really make mental notes and pay attention to what is happening. So just do it, go up to them and get curious and start asking them questions. It can be as simple and as basic as that. So that also is advice for the ladies. A lot of this advice is for both genders and I'll specify if it's like specifically for one gender or the other. But yeah, that is my advice there. All right, next question. This is going into some questions about pace. I got a lot of questions from you guys about pace. Like, how do I know what pace I should be at? Or we're going to get into the questions, but there are a lot under this category. So let's go into those. Someone asks, what do you do when someone wants to move faster in a relationship than you? All right, so the answer here, and some of these are really nuanced, but girl or guy, whoever wrote this, you have to know what is okay for you. And I would say do not let anyone force you to move faster than you are comfortable with. Uh, And you just really need to check in with yourself on what your boundaries are. And you need to know that and stay clear with that. However, if you are a person that is incredibly shy and is really, really closed up and you really struggle opening up or being vulnerable, then I also want to say to you, that know that getting to know someone is going to require you to open up a little bit. Like you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. You're going to have to be a little bit vulnerable. And so there is a fine balance here, guys, of challenging yourself to be vulnerable. And especially if you find that you're really, really closed up person, if you are a very, very private person. So there's a balance of challenging yourself to be vulnerable, but also protecting your heart with the boundaries that you know are best for you. So even though you're challenging yourself maybe to be more vulnerable, doesn't mean that if you have really vulnerable stories from your past that you should share those right off the bat. You definitely shouldn't. That's not wise. Those are things you barely share with some of your closest friends. So the person you are seeing for the first time in the first few dates like really doesn't they haven't earned the trust to hear those words yet. And so you need to be a little wiser than that. So it's a balance of challenging yourself to be vulnerable, but also knowing what your boundaries are and going at a pace that stewards that. And so if you are very clear about that for yourself, then just tell that person, hey, I'm, you know, I'm flattered that you are ready to move a little bit faster. I'm just not there yet. So I just need a little more time to get there. If you could be patient with me and I'm, I'm going to actively do my best to, to continue to open up, but I just need some more time. So don't let someone pressure you. And, you know, of course, you're going to hear me say this a lot probably today, but check in with your accountability as well. Okay. Another question, how to guard your heart while being excited. 
all at once, aka how to not catch feels so fast. (laughs) Yeah, this is so real. Okay, I'm guilty of this. So if you are a person that is really easily excitable in dating, or if you know your tendencies and you're someone who falls into love addiction very quickly, or maybe you have an anxious love attachment style that also can be kind of dubbed love addiction, that has been my tendency. So I say this coming from a person being myself that has struggled with this a lot, then the first and foremost most important thing is to check in with your accountability after every date you go on. Your people should know that you're going on a date and after every date you want to really check in with them. So if you're like overly excited and be like, oh my gosh, this person is just the best ever. They have this job and they ask me this and oh my gosh, this is how they lead their life and blah, 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 then your accountability will know, okay, that's awesome. There's still things we don't know yet. And my accountability has done this to me many times because I'm like, I love to go into fantasy land and just picture like how amazing it could be. But then my accountability is like, yeah, those are all good, but we still don't know a lot yet. So let's just, you know, let's just see. Let's see what happens. Okay. And this has been so valuable for me. I need to have those people kind of bring me back down to reality. If I highly get on it, I'm like in a balloon floating away after a date. And and another thing I recommend, especially when I'm working with coaching clients who have this, who have this tendency is I'd encourage you to journal down the things that you do not know yet about that person after your date. You can totally be excited about what you do know, what you're finding out about this person. But if you tend to jump into an infatuation or if you tend to go like zero to 60 and you're already thinking about what it'd be like to marry that person, uh, you need to balance that by taking note of also what you don't know just yet. It's okay to get excited, but we need to balance that with reality. So we don't want to be too futuristic. We want to balance that by being like, okay, these are all good things, but here are the other five to 10 things I don't know yet. And that's good and realistic for me to know and realize. So I encourage you, if that's your tendency, you need to journal after your date what you still do not know yet about that person. So that's probably my best advice on how to not catch all the feels so fast if you are guilty of doing that and have that tendency. All right, next question. I love this. So what are the top five questions to ask yourself when you're not sure if you should continue to date someone? Okay, so this I actually did write something down for. It's probably one of the only questions I really wrote something down for. And I actually have six questions you should consider in asking yourself if you're not sure if you want to continue to date that person. So let's go through them. The first question is, hmm, yes. Okay. Sorry, guys. Wow. Okay. The first question is, do I know enough to go the next step with this person? Just the next one step. You guys don't need to know the next three, four, five, ten steps. You just need to know do I know enough information to go the next one to maybe two steps with this person? And that really comes to getting clear on knowing what is important to you, what your values are, maybe the top five things that you're looking for in a person. And so do you know enough to say, yes, this person relatively has those qualities or has some level of these things? And I know enough to go the next one to two steps. So that's the first thing I would say. A lot of times we get tripped up by like going very futuristic. Like, I don't know if I I can marry this person. Well, you guys, on date three or date four, I also don't know if I could marry that person, especially not on date one. And not many people do. Some people, that's their story, but I think that's the exception, not the rule. And so I think we need to be a little more realistic that that is probably not the majority of people's stories that they knew 
that they knew that they knew the first time they ever went out with someone. So do you know enough to just go the next one to two steps? I want you to think about that and not go so futuristic. Another question, this is like a deep question, but ask yourself, by dating this person, am I becoming closer to the person that God wants me to become? So does this person challenge you in healthy ways? Do the way that they lead their life inspire you to be better, do better? Do they lead their life in a way that like you want to learn from? And does that person bring you like build you up or tear you down constantly? Those are questions that all within by dating this person and I becoming closer to the person that God actually wants for me to become. All right, that's the second question. The third question you can ask, what are the spiritual fruits showing themselves in this person's life. So I want you to think about it. And we have an episode with Ryan Selena last year on the podcast. It's such a good episode. And we really talk about how can you see what the spiritual fruits really are of that person's life. And sometimes the fruits are showing themselves, but you need to be able to squeeze them and see the content inside of them. So this really just takes you evaluating them. You know, dating is a process of evaluation. So what spiritual fruits are in this person's life? Are they disciplined? Do they have kind Are they selfless and sacrificial? Do they have purpose? Do they spend time with Jesus? How do they keep accountable? So really looking at what are the spiritual fruits in this person's life? How are they constantly trying to grow closer as a disciple of Christ and serve the kingdom in bigger and better ways? The fourth question I would say to ask is, am I inspired by the people that this person surrounds themselves with? So this really is looking at their friend group. Who are the core people that they are surrounding themselves with? And I'm not, I mean, if they're friends with non-Christians, totally fine. I just also want to see that they they have also solid influences in their life that are of the same values that they have and that are constantly pouring into them in some capacity. So I would say at this point, and maybe not in the first few dates, are you really going to know that? It may take some more time to really analyze this and meet those people and get to know those people. But are you inspired by the people that that person surrounds themselves by? Because, you know, we kind of are who our friends are. And that's a cliche quote, but it's super true. So I'm always looking for when I'm dating, who does this person surround themselves by? Do I like that person? Am I inspired by that person? Is that a good influence? Do I think? Do I want to be friends with that person even? So those are kind of things to start, you know, that person is going to be the direct person to help them through hard seasons because they can't lean your significant other cannot lean solely on you so you want that person to have other amazing people in their life that's also going to be someone that they're learning from right all right the fifth question what is this person's cause and does it inspire me slash is it something that I can get behind so you want to know is this person living for a greater purpose and if they have a vision to be a missionary or if they're just really servant-hearted and they're constantly serving or if they want to mentor people and they want to mentor younger people and have those people over or maybe they love hospitality they love bringing people together what is that person's cause and does that inspire you and is it something you can get behind and support so you know a good answer to this question would be if that person does not have a cause or doesn't seem to have one at all like that would be a red flag to me you guys honestly so I would say, what is that person's cause and does it inspire you? Can you get behind it? Sixth question. 
this is basic, but do you actually like spending time with the person? Like, do you like hanging out with them? And can you see yourself being friends with that person through time? This is really, really important for you to ask because at the end of the day, marriage is a lifelong journey with your best friend and you want to be able to be, to see that you like them enough to be able to spend every day with them. I mean, this has got to eventually become best friend status. So if you're just consistently bored by this person, you don't really like hanging out with them, but you're like, he's a good guy. I just don't really like hanging out with him. I don't know. I would say that that might not be a great fit because you want to be able to see that you can be amazing friends with that person. So those are the top six questions I would say you should ask yourself when you're not sure about if you should continue to date someone or not. I hope that was helpful. Okay, friends, I just want to take a quick break in our amazing episode today to share with you our incredible sponsor for this episode. This episode is brought to you by Denison Ministries. Denison Ministries is a movement creating 7 million culture-changing Christians who are committed to carrying out the truths of the gospel to their sphere of influence. One of my favorite ways that Denison Ministries is helping Christians feel closer to God is through their First 15 devotional. First 15 is designed to help you spend the first 15 minutes of your day experiencing God through meaningful devotionals, scripture, worship, and prayer. Now, we always talk about how singleness and dating is the perfect season to grow closer to God, right? I mean, it really is. We can't waste this time. We have to make the most of every moment that we have. We really do. The additional time that we have now needs to be spent growing closer to God as much as we possibly can. So if you hear me saying that right now and you're like, yeah, Kate, that's great and all, but I am busy, friend. Well, I hear you. I am also busy at doing awesome things as I'm sure you're doing too. But here's a deal. Can you not at least spend 15 minutes a day studying and being with God? I mean, that is at least a priority we should be making in our life right now. So friend, I want to encourage you to sign up for the first 15 email devotional that can be sent directly to your inbox at first15.org forward slash subscribe. Or you can even start your day off with the first 15 devotional podcast and listen to that anywhere that's convenient for you. Join me in doing this simple but really, really impactful discipline so we can together really begin pressing into knowing God in a bigger and better way in our singleness. All right, next question. When is a good time to let go of a casual or new dating relationship that just might not be it for you? Well, first of all, ask yourself those six questions I just went over. But secondly, I would say at least give it three dates unless you it's very, very clear that something is not aligning with your value system. I usually typically say give it a three date rule, like the the three date rule, give it three dates before you make any major moves. And if it's just really clear, you guys are just not on the same page with values or this person just doesn't have some of the top qualities that you're looking for and character qualities. And I would say, yeah, that's a good time after three dates to really cut things off. All right, that was a short answer, but let's go on to the next question. What do you do when the person is showing mixed signals about me, but 
we've only been texting. Okay, first and foremost, beware of friendationships. There is a thing called emotional love tank filling and both guys and girls do this, whether intentionally or not. If we're not getting enough of that from other people in our life or if we are in a season of insecurity, we will sometimes look to the other gender and something intimate or romantic to fill that space. But we may not actually have a desire to commit to that person. I say this full on because I've done it many times and I have to very much keep in check and be real on like, why am I talking to this guy right now? Why am I talking with him a lot? Is it just because it feels good? Is it because I like to know that someone of the opposite gender is thinking of me? And so really question yourself if that's you doing that. Why are you doing that? What is your intention? What is missing from your heart? And how can you fill that in other ways, such as through time with yourself and treating yourself well, or maybe it's time intentionally spent with God or with really solid friends? You want to make sure you're not just using that person in a way to really get that emotional love. But if you are on the other side of this, if you are seeing that somebody, you're actually interested in that person, but they are giving you mixed signals, then be aware of a minimal possible investment guy or girl, MPI. (laughs) Matthew Hesse, who I love, has a video called the MPI guy. And this can be guys or girls, but it's basically someone who checks in and you never hear from them. And suddenly they just pop up and they're like, hey, how are you? And they, and you're like, uh, good. And they're like, the guy or girl says, are you thinking about me? And the girl or guy says back, well, I wasn't, but now I am. And they're like, great, good talking to you. I'll see you in a few weeks. It's just like this check-in point. It's really hilarious. But like, it's a minimal possible investment. I just want to know you're thinking about me. I want to make sure that I have you on my back burner or in the oven or something, right? Like, I want to have a lot of options. So I'm going to continually put minimal investment in you and just tap into you when I'm feeling like I need it. And you do not want to be in those situations. So if you're with someone who is an MPI guy or girl, or you think you're in a friendationship, then you need to initiate a DTR. Or if you're just really sure that they're not going to commit to you, they're not interested, you just need to end it and say like, hey, if you have no interest in actually, you know, pursuing something more than a friendship here, then I just need to set the boundary in that I just don't talk to people this much uh, uh, that are my quote unquote guy friends or quote unquote girlfriends. And it just it's not good for my heart. And so I think that we should lower the amount of our communication, or I think we should reduce the amount of emotional communication we're having, you know, all of that. If you have constant heart to hearts with this person or constant one hour conversations over the phone, like that's an issue, you guys, if you uh, are not in a relationship and you need to really take ownership of yourself in that and say, I'm not going to blame this on the other person. I'm participating too, and I need to set a boundary. So if that's not working for you, then you need to clarify and set your boundary and stick to that boundary. Okay, that's my answer for that question. All right, I have a question now from a dude about first dates. He says, should I ask my date out again after our first date on the same day, or should I wait to ask her out a day or two? Okay, my answer is absolutely yes. After the first date, if you know enough information to that point to already say that, yeah, you want to move to the next date, like I just said earlier, if you know enough information to go to the next one to two steps and the date just ended and you know that, then go for it. Because let me tell you what, men, being straightforward and having intentionality is really sexy to the ladies. Like, and all the Christian women said amen right now on the other end. Yes, you did. So guys, yeah, I 
absolutely. If you know at the end of a date, like I really enjoyed this, I know enough to want to go out with this person again, absolutely ask them out uh, at the end of the date. I have had this happen and I am honestly so impressed and it makes me be like, I wasn't even sure if I liked you all that much, but because of your intentionality, now I'm like, woo, fanning myself. Like, that's hot. Like, truly it is. Being straightforward and intentionality is sexy. Saying it's a date and not just a hangout or want to hang out is is very sexy to the women. I'm saying sexy a lot because, guys, I want you to know how important this is. And all the women will probably pretty much agree with this. Be clear with us. We hate not knowing and being in the ambiguous state. And so if you know, and if you know you want to take us on a date or another date, then definitely make it clear and don't hold off on that. Okay, another question. What are some fun first date ideas? Okay, well, first of all, go back in the archives and listen to the episode with Matt Jones. We have a short version of this last summer, 2019. Then the full-length episode is in summer 2018. We talk about tons of fun date first date ideas. But here are some of mine. I, first of all, think that dinner is not the best first date option. And coffee is also not my favorite first date option because both can end up feeling like an interview. So if you're going to go to coffee, I would suggest going on a coffee walk like you get coffee and then you like stroll around so at least you're doing something active and it's not just you're sitting across from each other and you know you can potentially interact with the person because you're walking with them so a coffee walk is my idea also doing something active like a workout class or maybe a hike or something that's a really fun first date maybe going to a fun art show or comedy show or some sort of event in your town that's a really awesome first date And if you really just find yourself going on a meal, then make sure it's something where you can like kind of sit next to each other. Matt Jones recommended sushi. It's a great way you sit at the sushi bar. You kind of can interact in that way. That's super fun. I don't love first dates being dinner date, but because I just feel like you can't see if there's any chemistry with you guys at all. So do something where you uh, can actually interact or sit next to the person and see if there is any level of chemistry. I definitely encourage you to be creative and don't just do the classic coffee or dinner or drinks like try to be a little more creative than that doesn't have to cost a lot of money but just do something a little bit different than that okay next question are you guys ready are you having fun Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay um the next question how to not feel guilty about blocking someone even though they're bad for me there was a lot of history there but that person betrayed me okay my, my, my thoughts on blocking. Girl or guy, you need to do what is best for you. In fact, I have blocked people and it was less because they were harassing me or just terrible, which if they are harassing you um, in any way, then absolutely block them. But it was more really because I needed that boundary. Blocking does not have to have a malicious intention. It doesn't mean you hate the person. And I think sometimes that's the message we think it sends. But sometimes blocking is just so that we can move forward with our healing process. Maybe it's not a permanent blocking. Maybe it's just for a season. A few years ago, the guy I thought I was going to marry... I like was having a really hard time not falling into false hope. And so two months after our breakup, I ended up having to block him on social media because every time his name popped up, liking my photos or watching my Insta stories, I found myself being like, oh my gosh. And I had this false little hope like he's looking at me because he wants to know what I'm doing and he misses me and maybe he'll get back together with me. And oh my gosh. And my mind would go and it was terrible every single day when I saw that. And I realized, wow, there's probably nothing to this. Yeah, maybe he misses me, but not 
to the point which is natural but not to the point of like wanting to get back together with me and I'm holding on to this false glimmer of hope because I'm seeing his name pop up over and over it actually had less to do with me going to his profile and more about him looking at what I was doing so I needed limitations with that for myself personally so I had to block him for a few months and it really really helped me so yeah I would say own it it doesn't mean that you hate the person you need to know what's best for you your heart and your healing process and sometimes blocking is necessary I would just not use it as manipulative tool like if you do this again I'm gonna block you I think that sometimes we get out of hand with stuff like that you know you don't even need to tell the person really you're blocking them um you could just do it and if they ask you're like you know I this is just really what I need for healing it's not to be mean to you in any way. I just know that this is what my heart needs. Okay, the next question. What are good boundaries to set so that you don't jump into a relationship too quickly? Okay, we kind of talked a little bit about this, but I would say have accountability majorly. You, I highly recommend your board of advisors, which is about six ish people that you do life with that know you some of them are varying ages or stages of life but in the very minimum if you're a person that just keeps a really really close circle of people you need a minimum of two to three people that's my recommendation at the very least you guys and this also means you need to be tapping into them you can't just say oh I have two to three people but you never talk to them or tell them what's actually happening in those moments so I would say if you jump quickly into relationships, make sure that your people know that you are going on a date and have them share their honest thoughts with you. And another thought here is, or especially if you're healing from a breakup, you need your friends to tell you like, are you in a good place to actually date? And your friends, if they are seeing you on the healing journey, they're going to be able to be honest with you. Uh, If you don't have this group of people, I really encourage you. Like that is a non-negotiable to me. You need to have that. Another thing you could do, guys, is you can go to therapy and consult your therapist. I am a huge fan of therapy. And Dr. Therese, earlier in our episode in 2019, we talked about how therapy is a new tall. (laughs) Um, We were joking, saying it's like when we're looking for guys. But I think in general, therapy is a really, really awesome quality. And yes, it is really attractive because it shows self-growth and vulnerability. And it shows that you are constantly trying to be the best person possible. And I think that is really, really attractive. So keep accountable with your therapist and ask your therapist, am I ready to jump back into a relationship? Another thing is to just check in with your emotional cognition. If your ex's name is constantly triggering you when it's brought up, then you might not be in the best place, girl and or guy. And you know what? That's okay. Like it, it's okay to say that. Don't rush your healing process. All right. Next question. Oh man, yeah, this one is tough. How do I encourage a friend in her 30s who has never been asked out on a date? This just pains my heart. Oh my gosh. So I would first say, you know just really affirm her. You know, sometimes when we're in this place, we can be wrought with insecurities and lies. Like I'm still single because of X, Y, Z things. And I would say, just try to reflect heaven's love back to her as best as you can. If your friend is just, has never been asked out or if they've never been on a date, I mean, just do your best to be an affirming person to them. It's not your job to make them change the way they see themselves, but you can, as a friend, be as encouraging as possible. Like, Hey, I, you know, I just want you to know, these are the qualities I see in you. I know this is what you bring to our friendship. 
And I just know you're going to bring these amazing things to a relationship. And the person that's going to be with you is going to be so lucky to experience the things that I get to experience in friendship with you. But other than um, just affirming that person really genuinely from your heart, I would say challenge that person too. ask them, are they getting out of their comfort zone? And if they're nervous to do that, then I would encourage you be their wing woman, you know, go out with them, go country dancing, go to a workout class together where you know there's going to be men or a person of the opposite gender, right? Go somewhere to an event where there's going to be a lot of people and be their wing woman. So if they, if that girl that you're with sees somebody that maybe that she'd be interested in, go up to them and be like, Hey, what? What's your name? And be like, you know, I have this amazing friend. I feel like you guys would get along. I just, you know, you could, you should meet and then bring them over and just allow them to start talking after a few minutes, like leave the conversation. So be their wing woman, that person's wing woman, encourage them to get out of their comfort zone. Don't just stay at home, you guys, and watch Netflix or Disney Plus or whatever the fun trend is in the moment. Disney Plus is my thing right now. You know, get outside of your comfort zone and really start dropping the hanky. It's got, you got to do it. I know it, it's really tough, but this is, if the, the outcome is not changing, then we need to change something about what we're doing in our actions. Uh, I'm not saying change anything about you as a person or the character quality is necessarily about you, but you need to change your rhythms. You need to get out there and change things up, shake things up in your current life. All right, the next question is, to me, online dating feels like settling. What are your thoughts? A lot of people feel this way. Honestly, this is not the first time I've heard this, that people do not like online dating. But you guys, over 33% of Christians meet from online dating. That is like one third of Christians today. And that number is only going up. So if you've been burdened by online dating, I get it. That's fine. Totally take an online dating reset. But that is not settling. God can work through technology. I have this platform because of technology, (laughs) Um, because of Instagram and social media. I've connected with you guys. And that's the only way really that this podcast continues to go. So I love that God uses technology and online dating is a way that he definitely uses. You know, it's not settling. It's a great way to meet people. Be really strict in who you're saying yes to. Don't swipe right to everybody because that's going to feel really discouraging if you find out they're not a Christian or if they never reach out to you. So just be really specific on who you're saying yes to. Take a dating reset online if you need it, but keep an open mind, know the statistics and know that God does work through online dating. And today I hear more testimonials and positive stories of online dating than anything else. Like one of my best friends got married from meeting her husband on OkCupid. Another one of my good friends is in a very serious relationship and they met on Bumble. And so lots of people meet from online dating, you guys. So do not shut the door on it. It is not settling. All right, another really random question is, how do you tell if the attraction will grow or if it's initially just in the gray zone? Okay, this is a tough question and it's nuanced, but typically I would say give it a handful of dates to really see if the attraction will grow. I mean, if you can objectively say this person is an attractive person, then I would encourage you to allow some space for that to grow. Even with the guys, I think that sometimes I know for men and for women, I mean, for both of us, it's really important to be sexually attracted to that person. But I would just say, you know, allow yourself to 
be attracted to the things that God is attracted to. And I know that sounds cliche, but y'all, yes, chemistry is important. I'm not telling you to date someone that you just would never want to kiss ever in your life, but just in the beginning, allow some space for that to grow. I've done this. I've challenged myself to do this, and I've been honestly shocked by how God has worked and totally shifted my mindset and my heart for those people I've dated to be totally attracted sexually to that person physically like wow and it's because I've you know they are objectively an attractive person and I try to wipe down and get rid of my quote-unquote type narratives in my mind and just say you know what God I want to be more interested in the character and the heart of the person how they treat me how they're intentional with me how they love you and let me be more attracted to that than I am with their quote-unquote six-pack right or lack thereof or their amazing really wealthy job or whatever it is right so just allow some space for those things to grow and I would say at least a handful of dates to really see if the chemistry and attraction can can grow with the person okay this is gonna be my final question because there's so many but I think we've covered a lot of ground and so this is gonna be my final question today what are your typical follow-ups after a good date and after a bad date. (laughs) I love this. Okay, so for a good date, if I really like going out with a person and I'm like, this was awesome, I wanna do this again. So personally, as a woman, I drop the hanky. I don't necessarily make the initiative to plan a second date. I really uh, value intentionality and I do like to see that a man will take the initiative to plan, but I will drop the hanky and make it clear to the guy that I want to do it again. And what that looks like is at the end of a day, I'll either say it right at the end of the day, or I will text him or something. I will communicate that, hey, I just had such an awesome time tonight and I loved our conversation. I really appreciate you. And if they paid, I thank them for that. And then I say, I would just, I really want to do this again sometime, or I'd really be open to, you know, getting to know you more. And I just say, it very clearly. I'm not saying I, I'm planning the date or I'm not and nothing like that, but I'm telling them very clearly, I like it. I, I really enjoyed it and I'm open to it again. So basically I'm dropping the hanky, I'm leaving the door open and then I'm seeing what they do with that. And they're like, yeah, me too. And they don't make plans in that moment. That's okay. But then I'm going to wait and see if they do make plans. I'm not going to follow up and be like, hey, so when are we going on the next date? No, I'm going to see, I made it clear. I want to do this again. I really like them. I'm really, I appreciate them. I want to, I really want to do more of that. And then I'm going to see what they do with it. So that's for me as a woman, what I do on a good date. And then on a bad date, I, if it's somewhat bad, quote unquote, I don't like bad date. I mean, the the word bad date. But if it's a date where I'm just clearly like it's not going to work out, our value system is just not in line or whatever it is, I will just directly and clearly share with that person, hey, you know, I think you're a great person if I do truly believe that. But I'm just I want to make it clear that I'm no longer interested in moving forward romantically. And I would just like to move forward being friends. So I make that very, very clear with them. And if they actually truly are a good person, they're just not for me, then I'll even recommend like, hey, I'd love to set you up with one of my friends if you'd be open to that. I am all about paying it forward, you guys. And I think we don't do that enough. And why not? Like just going on one or two or even three dates with someone doesn't mean that I can't recommend them to someone else. I mean, that's what we should be doing, paying it forward with our dates. We totally should be doing that and it does not have to be weird. Okay, 
that is my advice answering your burning dating questions. I know you guys have more questions, but like I said, if you liked this episode (laughs) to round out 2019, let me know if you like solo episodes, if you want more of these, share about it on Instagram. If you follow us, we're at Heart of Dating on Instagram, or you can follow me too. That's Kateness on Instagram. And also be part of our private Facebook community. We would love to have you in there. We're constantly having awesome, epic discussions in our private Facebook community over on Facebook. But yeah, you guys, I'm just so grateful for y'all. I hope you have a great holiday season. I hope you just reflect on 2019 on the amazing blessings that God has brought to you. Just a reminder and a caveat, like, hey, if you're still single, it doesn't mean that God is a bad God. It doesn't mean that he doesn't have amazing plans for you. I want you to think about and remind yourself of all the awesome things he has done in 2019. Maybe it was him protecting you from a person that wasn't the best for you, or maybe it wasn't romantic. Maybe he provided for you in the area of job or in friendship or in community or financially, whatever it is, make note of those things, reflect on it to remind yourself that God still is and always will be a good God. He is a good God. He has good plans for you. And I think going to 2020, this new decade, I just think we should reset how we view that. I'm sure we're going to talk more about that as we start the new year, but just want to reflect and give you guys that moment to kind of reflect and think about that for yourselves. Okay. I mean, no, that's what I'm going to be doing as well. Okay, friends, I love you guys, and I'm so grateful for each and every one of you, and I cannot wait to see you in the new year. Bye. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. 